0: And we are back here on 99 pod and it's time to move into the NFL because the trade deadline was today and we saw lots of movement and we ought to talk about which trade was the most impactful trade after the trade deadline. And you know, Zach, I got an idea. I got two, but I'm going to focus on one, allow you to get your piece in the trade that I like the most, believe it or not, is Calvin Ridley going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love that trade because although it's basically the Jaguars throwing in the towel for this year, basically that's what it implies to me that they are going all in for 23 when they are throwing the towel in for this year. They, it gives them a, a number one wide receiver and Calvin really has proven that he is a number one right now with all due respect. They don't have an alpha on that team at the wide receiver position. Christian Kirk is streaky. He could do some good things on the field in the slot, but he's more at best your number two, possibly on a championship team, your number three. You need an alpha. And when I look around the league and I look at quarterbacks that have taken the next step, the next leap of faith, like a Josh Allen when he got Stephon Diggs in about year three, with Jalen Hurts in year two when he got A.J. Brown, those guys got game-changing wide receivers. And I remember looking at Jalen Hurts last year, and I questioned his quarterback abilities, he gets A.J. Brown and now he's doing his thing. He's high octane. He's moving the ball down the football field. That's what I can see happening, hopefully, with the once called generational prospect there was in the draft since Peyton Manning and Trevor Lawrence. I have not been impressed with Trevor Lawrence with all due respect. And that's the guy that I vouch for. I was sipping the Kool-Aid, but a couple of knick things. He had a bad turnover in the red zone against Denver. Where I'm like, what the hell was that? I want to see him take that next leap of faith. And I think trading for a number one, an alpha and Calvin really can help that quarterback do that. And once again, with Trent Barkey, you never know in a draft if you can find that guy to develop on time, right? You got to be like the Steelers. You have to know how to draft wide receivers. And history has shown us they don't know how to draft wide receivers in the first place. That's why they go in free agency and they become aggressive. This move right here is saying 23, we are all in. And that's why this move is the most impactful for me.
1: Yeah, it's pretty ironic. Calvin Ridley, obviously not playing this year. He's suspended for gambling on NFL games. And last year, the bet he got suspended for was betting on his Falcons to beat, you guessed it, the Jaguars. So an interesting uh, connection there. But yeah, man, I agree. I'm really disappointed with Trevor Lawrence. And I understand that Christian Kirk might not be your traditional number one wide receiver. When you're as hyped up as this guy, you have to be better. I saw Andrew Luck his rookie year come into Indianapolis when the Colts the year before they had the number one pick for the reason, for a reason, they were the worst team in the league. And immediately, Andrew Luck steps right in, and the Colts win 11 games and he leads them to the playoffs. And last year, we gave Trevor Lawrence a pass. Urban Meyer was not good enough, he was not. Uh, suited out to be an NFL head coach. And things were really bad for Lawrence from the beginning, but he never complained. He never pouted. He said all the right things. And a lot of people thought with a better head coach in Doug Peterson, he was going to be, be at least a little bit better. And the Jaguars got off to a 2 and one start. They had that massive uh, route of the Los Angeles Chargers. And since then, they are 0-5. And I've never seen a team just make so many dumb mistakes in the red zone to just blatantly... Cost them games it's really frustrating i think the jaguars are better than their two and five record right now but they just don't know how to win yet and that's super frustrating but i can see a scenario where next year with calvin ridley uh, helping them out they could uh, take that next step it's it's a very unorthodox transaction
0: when you consider my man's is on a whole year suspension right now you don't really see trades like that where a guy suspended for a whole year. You know, and, well, the Sean Watson thing kind of, you know, but we didn't know his suspension. We knew that the legal stuff was clearing up. So the fact that he's suspended for gambling and it's basically like, yo, he's not going to help you this year. It's very unorthodox. But I think the unorthodoxness about it can pay off in 23.
1: Yeah, so I'll go to my favorite trade during this trade deadline. And there were a lot of them. Honestly, this is probably the most, Uh, moves I've ever seen made at one of these NFL trade deadlines especially compared to the other sports the NFL isn't really known to have that much action at these trade deadlines but that changed today and I really think we could draw that to the Rams last year and really their whole philosophy in building their Super Bowl team, just that F them picks mentality. We're doing whatever we can to get better. And while it may be costing them a little or more like a lot this year, it was worth it last year. The, the All their core guys, most of them, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, all came from trades. So a lot of teams, it's interesting to see, are following their approach. But the one deal for me, Will, that was the most impactful, I think it's the Dolphins getting Bradley Chubb. And when I look at the picture, o- the overall look, Of the AFC, right? Buffalo and Kansas City are the clear two best teams in the conference right now, but I still think there's still plenty of time from now to the playoffs where we could see possibly other teams get better and challenge them. We saw the Ravens getting Roquan Smith. That was another trade I loved for them. I think that's going to make them much better in the future. But when we look at teams that could possibly challenge buffalo and kansas city you're obviously going to have to be able to put up some points your offense doesn't have to be as good as those teams but you're going to need to be able to you're going to need to be able to score some points and more importantly your defense needs to stop those guys at least a handful of times throughout the game and the dolphins they've been about the team i've expected this year their offense is really good but their defense has taken a little bit of a step back with out Brian Flores uh, their former head coach and they were not able to get pressure on the quarterback they also had some injuries in the secondary as well and bringing in in Bradley Chubb even if it's only a rental he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season that is a game-changing pass rusher that has the ability to wreck a game and we saw Von Miller everything he did for the Rams last year and when you just look at the overall talent of the Miami Dolphins they have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, and a really good young safety in Javon Holland, really good corners in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. There is just a ton of talent on this team. And I'll say this about Tua, right? I'm still not 100% sold on him, 1,000% being the Dolphins uh, quarterback of the future. But I will say is his teammates love him. They go to bat for him every time they have the opportunity to. And when Tyreek Hill got traded to the Dolphins, I thought there was a chance that he might just mail it in a little bit, especially to start. He just got paid all of the money. He's going from Kansas city to Miami, the one destination where basically every free agent in the NFL wants to be. He's playing with a new head coach that might not have the balls to tell him, okay, we can't do this anymore, but nah, he's playing hard. He's going all out. And every time I watch the dolphins, that is one thing that stands out to me, how hard they are. All of two is throws might not be perfect, but these guys try as hard as they can. Uh you see a lot of times Tyreek Hill will be running a route and he has to come back to get the ball, but he still does it, which is really impressive. Uh i I'm, I think the Dolphins are a team to watch as a team possibly that could challenge Kansas City and Buffalo at the top of the AFC after this move to get Bradley Chubb.
0: Yeah, I was always high on Miami to come, you know, entering the year. And I like the Bradley Chubb up for show that actually was, if you said Leo Outside of the Calvin Ridley transaction for next year, which is a longer-term thing, in the short term, what was the best trade and the most impactful? I'm going Bradley Chubb as well because you add him to your defense and now you have cornerstones all over the field. You may not have five to six deep like how Chicago once was, but you do have cornerstones at the cornerback position. You do have a guy up front in Melvin Ingram, and you also have Bradley Chubb out there who's going to fly to the ball and make plays and cause havoc and wreck the game. So when you look at the Dolphins right now, I'm very impressed with what they're doing. And you want to realize over the next couple of shows how impressed I am with some of the takes that's going to be coming because we have some takes that's going to, or segments should I say, that's going to be coming in the rising. And you're going to see, you know, when those segments, I don't want to spoil nothing right now, how high I am on this team. And that's mainly because Tua has been playing well. He's been balling. That's just called what it is. And if I'm going to criticize you when you're doing good, I have to, you know, give you your praise and your jurisdiction, do. And that's what I'm doing with Tua. Outside of that Steelers game Sunday night where he was missing some throws, it was a lot of errant throws. Before the concussion, he's won every game he's played in. So he's doing what he has to do. Like, we may not love the arm talent and guys having to come back for the ball, but he's getting the job done. And there's so many quarterbacks with strong arms that overthrow guys. Jacoby Brissett has the strongest arm, well, one of the strongest arms in the league. He can't even, he's not even accurate down the football field. So I don't really care about all those physical attributes. I just want to know if you're a winner or not, or you're going to make the right play. And so far, for the most part, he has been making the right play. Now you add a guy on your defense to make you make your team very complimentary. And now you all in. And now you should be challenging Buffalo. Why not? You beat them early in the year. They've been playing well. You're the only team that gave them an L. So why can't, why can't you do it again? The only thing is you got to go in Buffalo and handle business, which the last couple of years you weren't able to do. Now you should have the confidence to go up there and do that. And I think the Dolphins is a scary team. A lot of people said to me, What team, you know, in the AFC can challenge Buffalo and KC? There's your answer. It's Miami.
1: Yeah. And that's a really interesting uh, thing when you look at the Dolphins because we know this team has a ton of talent and – Going back to last year, like I like, I've always liked them. Going back to the Brian Flores days, and my one question going into this season was with their defense: Would they be able to keep that same level under McDaniel an offensive mind uh, as they did with Flores last year? And so far, their defense hasn't been bad, but they've there have been a ton of injuries, and they just haven't really been able to get pressure on the quarterback. And I think now with Chubb, that definitely will be easier. I like the trade a lot as well. And
0: we'll quickly here as they're counting us down. A minute and a half left to go. I would say for the other trades, real quickly here, I throw the Chase Claypool one out. That's very, you know, a little bit. It kind of reminded me of the Rudy Gobert to to the um, Timberwolves trade in the sense that you wasn't expecting it. And you kind of wonder how he's going to fit on that team. Now, granted, there's a need for wide receiver on the Bears right now in Justin Fields has another weapon and Claypool. He has his moments where he shows he's a talented guy can burn you down the field, but it's very, it wasn't something that I was expecting. I thought the Packers probably could have made a move for that. I'll probably talk about them later, but yeah, I, you know, you give Justin Fields a weapon who Justin Fields has been playing well the last two weeks. Let's see how they progress going forward.
1: Yeah. The quickly, the other one trade I would say that stands out to me is uh Buffalo getting naim Hines, because I was thinking about this going into the trade deadline Buffalo, they're loaded right now. And the one weakness, if you were going to point to any, would be their ability to run the football. It's, It's something they haven't really been able to do the last few years. And I do wonder, in a close game where they need to just burn clock in order to secure the victory, will they be able to run the ball and able to do that in a big playoff game? And I think at least with Hines, that gives them more options. So that was a solid trade as well. I think he fits their offense really nicely.
0: Ladies and gents, we'll be back after the break talking about losers. Keep it locked.